we can just talk a bit to figure out the volume and the levels and stuff. Okay, okay what about here? Is um, this good? I don't know, say more stuff. Um, I like Metacritic. I like Metacritic a lot. I absolutely adore Metacritic. <laughs> I think you're going, come closer. Really? Come closer, we can't hear your shame. <laughs> it's such a hate you. No, seriously, this must be fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay, fine now. This is fine. Now that's good. Quite close. Now that's good, apart from the content of what you're saying, but... It's the truth. Whether you can handle it or not, I don't care. <laughs> I do care, actually. You do care. You, 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 you care too much. You care too much about what other people think. That's, that's, like, that's literally what it is. Is it? I'm only joking. I, don't, I think it's actually quite funny. I think there's some bullshit about that. Like, do I care what other people think? That, but that's literally what Metacritic is, caring what other people think. I'm sure there'd be moments where I try to game my game time and stuff, like my stats and things. When deep down, I'm, the reality is no one cares what I'm doing in my games. Metacritic, Metacritic, my opinion doesn't matter. Tell me, tell me everyone else what I should think. This is getting, this is getting too abstract. I <laughs> always thought this would be an element of our podcast. Mm-hmm. This is some sort of philosophical, you know, psychology of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of why we game, why we're doing this. Yes. Why people do this. Yes. And are we doing it because of habit or because we actually enjoy it? Yes. We'll see. The really interesting thing is when Metacritic becomes to lose popularity what platform do i jump onto then what will guide me what will be my guiding light then this podcast (laughs) yes that's the solution (laughs) that's true that's the solution yeah there you go that'll be quite good actually yeah that'll that'll be the way that'll be the way imagine a world where there are no reviews oh god what will i do you're talking you're talking to the chair again the chair will get me (laughs) up what we need to do is we need to put like a picture of a really we need to put a picture of like a mr meeseeks on the chair we're looking the other way we need to put a picture of mr meeseeks on the chair and And on the other side is like like, yeah that's right and we need to have we need to like have a little thing where you it's like mr meeseeks can you teach me to talk at the microphone and he'd be like oh can do Oh, Mr. Me- was it Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. <laughs> me. Uh, and then he'll call upon another Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah. I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like, oh, this is too hard. Uh, okay, okay. Sorry. Random. So do we start? It's a... I, thought we, I feel like we've already started, but but we'll have to... Yeah, this, is a, this can be the start. Maybe insert a jingle here. Jingle. Go. That was an amazing jingle, Mike. What did you think? <laughs> I thought, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it was, I think it was amazing, or maybe it was shit. I, I'm, I'm not sure because it hasn't doesn't exist yet. But yeah, we better not forget to put it in. I t- I t- I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you now. <laughs> I tell you what. Let, let's record two versions. Let's record two versions. So you know, what do you think of jingle ting? What jingle? <laughs> That's perfect. We'll go with that. Okay. So what's your name? I'm Ting. And you're Mike. That's right. I'm Mike. Great. And this is... The Lost Levels Club. Lost Levels Club. Podcast. Podcast. Awesome. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? This is a long story. So how are we going to start this? Let's start with you. Why are you doing this? Okay. So in summary, it's... Because I don't play enough games anymore. And I don't have time to play them. But I do want to. And there's a... There's a short list of games I want to play and finish. And then beyond that, I want to play new games. I think that's it. Okay. We can go with that. Or you can summarise and make it all very concise and nice. 
Hmm. Right, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll well, summarize for you. Yeah. Which is say, you want to play more games. You feel like you don't have the time with your with your busy schedule. Yes. And you need to make time. This is a, this is a perfect reason. And yeah, this is a good reason to force yourself to to put some time aside. Yep. To to play games, to make a podcast, to become internet famous. Be, to be Sir Michael's sidekick. <laughs> okay. And then and then me, why am I playing games? Well, actually, why am I doing this podcast? I have a crazy list of Steam games. Uh, I have so many games that I've bought and haven't played. And I just I just never feel like starting a new game. Um, I don't know what's what's gone wrong with my life Some, somewhere along the line something changed and I went from playing loads of new games playing loads and loads of loads of really interesting indie games um, as well as the big budget ones to just being I'm tired I just want something familiar mm. and playing 200 hours of Destiny uh, probably like a thousand hours of Minecraft and literally just doing the same thing over and over again shooting enemies digging up blocks um I've never played anything new, and I just somehow need to find that spark again, and you know, rediscover what what made playing games fun. And I'm hoping that this will be the the catalyst that just makes me start playing new stuff again. So having said that, yeah, what what kind of gamers are we? I think that's the other that's the other interesting oh, thing because yes. we're very different. So as alluded to, your backlog, your official backlog, is about 10 games that 10 you, games yeah that you feel that you have to play and have to finish yes and my backlog as i said there's the over 600 steam games which i just really don't feel like playing yeah but it, it, i think we're both quite different kinds of gamer but you have no intention of finishing them all you do but you want to experience at least some some proportion of them yeah yeah but i i don't think there are any games where i feel like i have to finish well actually that's not true i think a lot of the time when i start a game i'll try and finish it actually that's part of the reason why i haven't played any of these games because i feel like if i start i have to at least try and finish it's become a burden it's become a burden i just don't feel like starting yeah do you feel my pain you must i feel your pain so whenever you know there's always an arduous process to add stuff to this backlog you know i won't buy a game i mean i I reluctantly take gifts as well (laughs) i find this so funny you know this and i don't download psn plus games yeah although i've changed that lot this month last yeah. month yeah because it's really dumb <laughs> sorry thanks you you sent me an article from kotaku about uh what is a video game snob yeah and i read that article and the bullet points and basically realized oh i guess i'm a video game snob um so i mean i just to i'm just gonna open it up and look at what it says about what it means to be a video game snob. I mean, things, things in particular that I that made me think, oh, this applies to me. Don't care what corporation published a game. Don't care how much it it costs to make the game. Um, you know, I love playing. I've, I love playing. I really enjoy playing Metal Gear Solid Five. I mean, that's like hundred million dollars. Konami. And yeah. I, I know, having said that, I've also really enjoyed playing really ridiculous indie games. Like I really love um, all of, say, Daniel Ramar's games, uh, e.g. Garden Gnome Carnage. Then you would know this. You know, yeah, you wouldn't know it because he's like a totally <laughs> random guy. He's like a totally random guy who made some really, really amazing games. Um, uh, I don't know, old games as well as new games. You know, you know, 
seen it. I've loved XCOM. I, I went back and played weird games from the 80s yeah. on PC, you know, Abandonware games. You know, and like... Um, You've convinced me to start Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah. It's, that's not even that old. <laughs> to me, it is. And then the, 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 the one I found really hilarious is a snob does not care about Metacritic. And that, to me, made me really think, oh, me and Ting, we're very different people because you... I love Metacritic. <laughs> I really do. The more I talk about it, the more I realise this. I will check Metacritic on release day of a game and see what it's coming in at and see the updates as they come in. It's your hobby. Yeah. I need to... <laughs> I want Metacritic to be more interactive. I've even suggested this to them. And, and I think the most telling point about this is your backlog of 10-ish games, what is the criteria for being on your backlog? 95 or more Metacritic. When I first gave you this list, I really thought you would notice. But in my closed world, I thought everyone was reading Metacritic, obviously. Yeah, it was for me. I hadn't read Metacritic for probably like over a year at that point. So it totally did not twig for me that your list came from Metacritic. And I think when you told me for the first time that that's where your list came from, I actually just laughed out loud. And I was, you know, so, Are you serious? You know, is this some kind of joke? And it's fine. It's, it's also almost a good thing you're here then, because if it was just a podcast with me, no one would, would want to listen to some idiot who just needs the masses to tell him what to do, take his, you know, yeah, what to play next. But I, well, I think, I think it's a, it's a very valid opinion though. And it's a very, I think it's very interesting that we are very, that we've come from very different approaches, but there are a lot of games that we both do enjoy. So we're gamers at heart, I like to think. Yeah, there you go. Game, game is at heart. Is it? <laughs> this feels like a cracked article. I was thinking it's like, it's like, you'll only, oh, it's like, how do they always phrase it? Only 80s kids will, only 80s kids will like this game or something. Oh, God. It's like, or you'll only get this if you're born in the 80s. Is that right? I'm born in the 80s. We're both born in the 80s. You'll let something else live. Actually, it's just not too bad with millennials. I don't think it's about Yeah, that. I, you know what? I saw that. I saw that we're still counted as millennials. And I was like, oh, I feel so young. We're not that far, <laughs> that far to the edge. <laughs> I think uh, it just made me, so, it made me so happy, actually. You know what? It made me so happy to see that I'm still, I'm in that category. You're still relevant. I'm still relevant. That's important. That's yeah, not yeah. important. It's not important, kids. Don't worry. Be unique. Be yourself. Yeah, it's spoken like a fucking millennial. <laughs> anyway. That took a dark turn. Yeah. So, Lost Lovers Club, it's a book club for games. It certainly is. This is how we're going to try and... I'll do it. Break out of our, break out of our rut. I'm, this is what's going to force me to play games. This is going to force you to make time to play games. Yeah, more, more interesting games. More, you know, games that get 95 plus on Metacritic are actually quite predictable. Except for the one we want to play this week. Oh, boom! <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, the general concept... One of us will pick. We'll kind of take turns picking, probably. And yeah, we will take turns picking. <laughs> okay, right, right. We'll, we'll take it. Okay, I've been schooled. Yes. So I... we'll, we'll, take, we'll take turns picking, and and then and we'll play the game, and then we'll talk about it the next week, and then if it's if it's a long enough game, or if we're still having fun playing the game, we might continue playing it the next week. Yes. And if it's a big steaming pile, we'll probably move on and play a different game. Can we talk about our previous experiences? Yes. There have been cases where I've really struggled with a game and Mike has finished it in after one week, but we kept going. Yeah, I think we should, I think we should talk about it. Which is nonsense, actually. We, because this is the second Lost Levels podcast. 
Well, the second the second run. This is like the rebirth already. Version two point Version two point is so nor like oh, naughties. Can't say that. It's such an old term. I shouldn't say two point Something like in ten point zero. Yeah, it's the, it's the the naughties sound cool. I don't know what you call the teens, the, the awkward teens. The twenty, you know, once we get to the twenties, it's going to be cool again. I don't know what you're going to call this decade. Just shit. Teenies. The teenies. Sounds like a CBeebies. <laughs> terrible. We tried, we tried this before. We had a lot of rules. It wasn't fun. Should we keep the, web, the, the page of rules just for, you know, for archival purposes? If we make show notes, we should put the former rules in the show notes. Okay. And if there are no show notes, you're just going to have to imagine... So Ting loves rules. Something will you'll learn over time. Yeah, unless unless we break out of it, and this is the last time you talk about rules ever again, and then you'll just be a liar. You see through <laughs> everything now, Mike. You know too much. I may have yeah. to kill you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 when when these podcasts stop and they never find the body, remember <laughs> remember what he said. Or if you if you think you're hearing a sound alike for Mike, probably is. <laughs> You're going to get Kevin to stand in for me. That is going to be like... <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's also seamless. Seamless. No one will ever know. So, yeah, we had rules. A ton of them. But it just didn't work out. Games aren't fun when they're rules. Well, we had rules. It wasn't so fun. Let's try not having rules and see if it's more fun. It should be, I think so. Okay, and if it's also not fun, then we'll have to... I don't know, we'll have to do something in between. Have two rules. <laughs> Rules for Mike and rules for Ting. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's not what I was saying, but actually that, that, that makes much more sense than what I was saying. So yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Anyway, Undertale. Undertale. Oh. Undertale. It's, your, it's, your, it's actually your suggestion. I don't know why I'm saying it. I you, can, it's fine. It's a discussion. I think this, this step was meant to be a discussion. Yeah. You, you, so you suggested Undertale. Yay. I'd never heard of it uh, before. And I used to be on top of all this stuff. I used to read a lot of indie gaming blogs. I used to hang around in game forums. Recently, I've just completely, completely lost track of everything. Um, I've, I've lost track of everything from indie games to AAA games. I mean, I, I barely knew anything about Metal Gear Solid, to be perfectly honest, either. And that was like the biggest game ever. So, yeah, I'd completely lost track. I'd never heard of it before. You, but you, you knew about it because of... Metacritic. It's, I didn't even know anything about this game either. It was through my daily refresh of Metacritic did I see this. And it's something different. It's really different from what I usually play, if I'm honest. Yeah, it just so it appeared out of nowhere. It got 97. It, got, it had 97 when you told me about it. Yeah. I think now it's got 96. Still good enough for me. Which is, <laughs> yes. And which is really high. And then I, you know, you asked me if I'd heard about it. I said, no, what's Undertale? And you said, it's got 97 on Metacritic. And I was like, uh-huh. And, Idiot. <laughs> like, and, and what else about it? You know, tell me something of substance. As I looked it up, and then I immediately was incredibly excited because it looks like Earthbound. And then I've basically heard that it's kind of like Earthbound, which is a game I, I shamefully actually have never finished. Uh, I started but didn't finish twice. Uh, and I keep meaning to, to start and actually finish at some point, but never mind, I'm going to play Undertale now. And it just seems to be... I, I know very little about it other than that the aesthetic reminds me of Earthbound, and it seems to be a very witty you know clever game rpg rpg turn-based rpg is it turn-based rpg i don't even know that actually i understand the the game mechanics or the the combat mechanics require you to play some sort of mini game 
Yeah, there's some sort of yeah. It's you're right. It's some sort of real time mini game. Um, but it just it might still be turn based. Might still be turn based. I, I don't know. You go into it. I don't know. But it's good that we don't know. Actually, it's yeah, we those... know we know very little about it. I I just read the blurb and it said things like things that you encounter in Undertale, six dogs. What was this? And then a ghost where, which only lowers its health when you attack it out of politeness. Seven dogs. Oh, I can't keep track of the number of dogs. Play this game instead. I don't know. That was, Skeletons. I think, that, this might, I think this was actually the, the review of the game or the, the blurb that the, the developer themselves wrote on Steam. But yeah, it looks like genius. It looks like genius and hilarious. And I know there's some sort of pacifist run and I read some something about how the game's very different where, where, depending on how you play it and the story and it's not actually that long a game perfect but it's worth playing through twice maybe just to see both sides I don't know that much about it I've heard a little bit I'm very excited to play it it's not the game I would play not the genre that I would, I would go near if I'm honest and I know that what do I know it's a pacifist, pacifist run what am I worried about I'm just going to game it again just try, try to get some achievement. That would really disappoint me. It's a short <laughs> game. should be good. You sound so unenthusiastic in comparison. It's so funny. I don't feel like I've... The thing is, I don't have anything to add to what you've said, actually. That's the... I mean, that's all I have to say. I'm really excited about it because it's not the usual AAA game that I would play. And when it comes to indie games, I'm actually... I don't follow that world of... Yeah, games. you... If you play 95 as a Metacritic... It's, you would not play many indie games. Yeah, you just, I don't happen upon them. And if the other side of my, the games I play are those ones that have multiplayer, because my games, will, my friends will drive what I play. Actually, that leaves indie games out in the cold. So I'm actually really interested. And I know that it's going to cost, cost, <laughs> bad word, um, me six hours, seven hours. But that sounds really good. Yeah, that's nothing. It'll keep you happy as well. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah. I don't know what else to say other than. Oh, I, it would only be mean things. It would only be mean things about all the games that I think you should have played that you haven't played. Okay, but that's that's you know that's off topic. Yeah, that's off topic. We'll we'll cover that another day. We'll cover that another day. Anything else for Undertale? No, I know very little about it. And actually, that's almost part of the brilliance of it all. I should find out who made it. Toby Fox. What else did he make? Don't know. I think I think I would. Oh, it sounds familiar now. Yeah, you see, I've done like hardly any research. I just read the blurb. But it's one of the few times where you really do go in blind, where you don't know what to expect almost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally psyched. Same here. <laughs> Same here, because so much of the time you you really have preconceptions and everything is derivative. There is no... So two weeks, four weeks ago, last time we were talking about, just there's no element of surprise anymore. Yeah, that, and that's that's what I really like. I actually, did, I think... I think we were saying like what do we actually really like about games and that that's what I'm looking for I think you want to be surprised I want to be surprised yes. yeah and I, and I have high hopes for this game Metal Gear has surprised us though yeah. <laughs> actually we can talk about later or now I think well okay we basically so we basically laid out where we're coming from with Undertale what yes. we know about it already which is not very much yep and then uh I'm excited about it because it makes me think of games that I've wanted to play in the past or played a little bit of the past and somehow never managed to finish. You're excited about it because it's totally different from anything you've played in the past. Totally different, yeah. Okay, and then with that, yeah, so we're going to play it. We'll let you know in a week or two. Or two. Right, and in which case, what what else have we been playing then in the last few weeks? 
You said Metal Gear. Metal Gear. I've been playing, for me, it feels like a lot of Metal Gear, but not a lot compared to Mike. Yeah, I played a lot of Metal Gear. I played, I played 55 hours in the past two weeks. I hate Steam. I don't think Steam should track things like that. I don't well, think it's helpful. What's funny is because I'm borrowing it from someone else's Steam library, because yeah. I'm using the family sharing thing to, to play someone else's version, only I can see how much I've played. It doesn't I, show off in my list for anyone else. I can see how much you've played. Really? But the thing is, if I oh. use the other applications where it'll go through your Steam library to work out what games you have, it won't show up there because you don't actually own the game. But in Steam itself, it'll tell me how many how many hours you've played. Oh, I thought I was stealthily playing dozens of hours of Metal Gear. You say, you say it like that. I wish I could do that. Because <laughs> then you wouldn't see how slow a game I am. Well, I, you know... I know not to judge. That's another conversation. I've, I've, I've lowered my standards now. <laughs> lowered my expectations. Yeah, but it's, it's fun. I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. I'm not tremendously good at it. You, you know. Wait, wait. That's not fair. Because you, you're still S-ranking quite a few. Yeah, I think the realisation was that it's all about speed. Speed is like 90% of your score, it seems. Or can be. Maybe not 90, maybe like 60, 70, 80%, quite a lot. Or at least if you get an S rank, speed tends to be a very big component of the sport. And yeah, all you have to do is just YOLO in, just run in, who cares about combat alerts, just get it done. Yeah. So that's how I started playing, which I think has been good for me as well, because as I've said in the past, I think the usual way I play games is very, very methodically, particularly stealth games. Um which Metal Gear allegedly is meant to be, I would usually go in and try and non-lethally take out every single every single enemy. Uh, I did this with Thief, did this with Dishonored. Uh, you know, and, my, and my, my view was, if there's no one to see me, then I'm not going to be seen. Yeah. But it takes a long, long time. And Metal Gear, with its S rank, has taught me just to just barrel in there and who cares what happens. And... There have been really, I mean, there have been really funny situations, like which, which is a good story to talk about, where I've been seen, but I don't want to kill anyone. So I've got my tranquilizer pistol and the entire base is like running at me with shotguns and I'm having to headshot them one after another uh, until basically I tranquilize the entire base and then I proceed to Fulton all of them <laughs> one after the other while the alarms are blaring and they're calling for backup and there's no more backup because I've really tranquilized all their backup. <laughs> So it doesn't pull in troops from other outposts? No, no, it will. It will. But once it's pulled in all the troops, oh, yeah. <laughs> it will stop. Eventually, eventually, it's like, CP, CP, we need backup heavy casualties. And they're like, negative. We've got no backup to send you. <laughs> did, did you just rank this one? Um, you, usually, actually, if it gets to the point where I'm tranquilizing everyone in every base, I've taken too long. Okay. But I have S rank. I have S rank to it where the alarm's gone off. And I've just carried on anyway. You know gone it broken in alarm's gone off picked up the prisoner and just done a runner yeah s rank okay for me i just i just still need to almost that i see the beauty and the intention of that ranking system but i still need to pick up resources i need diamonds i just i like to hoard shit i really do it goes it's like playing resident evil i just love to hoard the herbs it's one of those things you do I can't do it. I, for some reason, I cannot YOLO Metal Gear as much as it wants me to. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this is know. one of those psychology things I want to talk about. Yeah, know, it is. No, it's such, touched upon at the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting thing. It, it's the whole like, no regrets, no regrets. The I mean, the only thing I'm very aware of, with, which probably shouldn't really talk about, like spoilers for Metal Gear, really, I guess, isn't it? I mean, there, there are, there are, but there aren't many things in Metal Gear Five where you don't get a chance to to, to have a do over. I don't want to have a do-over. I want to do it what first time. <laughs> Tough luck. That's not how it works. So are you, are you are you fast up resources? Are you short on resources? Not really. So I've managed to overthink Metal Gear. I've, I've, got, you... I've got, yeah, I mean, resources. The only resource that seems to be a problem is fuel. And even that is not a huge, huge problem, I wouldn't say. The Because you end up picking up quite a lot of fuel anyway, just as time goes on. And, you know, when you get that, when you get your FOB or something, I guess that helps you turn it around quicker. Like Have it, you got your FOB yet? I've got an FOB, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I finished, I finished chapter one, which is basically the, the main chunk of the game. And now I'm on chapter two, which is just hard mode versions of a lot of the earlier missions and then a, a sprinkling of new, of new missions. I should talk about how embarrassing my progress is. I've only just got D-Dog. Lit- you literally just got D-Dog. So I've only just deployed him in this mission. So it's in mission nine. I played 17 hours. I don't feel I should be so far behind. Wow. I thought you were further ahead than that. No. Oh, well. At one point I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be further ahead than that for you. <laughs> but I'm not. I... I can't YOLO. I cannot YOLO Metal Gear. There's something wrong with my brain or you, you've played the other Metal Gears haven't you because yeah. I've actually only played about half of Metal Gear Solid 1 and I haven't played any of the others I played Metal Gear 1 and 2 and I had no prop the context that the setup is different though but, but it's really funny because you see my problem with Metal Gear Solid 1 like the reason I didn't finish it was because I was so stressed about trying to get a perfect rank first time that if anything went wrong I had to stop and reload the game and if I, you know, if I couldn't use any rations, I couldn't because these, all these things prevented you from getting the top rank. The rank is re- revealed to you at the end of the and game. And the ra- rank is revealed to you only at the end of the game. So I knew there were certain things I couldn't do if I wanted the best rank. And I, I think, and this was the same problem I had with Resident Evil as well, actually, because I think if you ever use a first aid spray, that means you can't get the best rank, for example. And I was like trying to play Resident Evil in a way where I didn't, you know, didn't do these things either. And Metal Gear Solid Five, for whatever reason, because the rank is only per mission, that I don't really care, and because I I know that I can always replay the mission. The missions aren't that long. If I want to get an S rank, I can just play it again. You know, that's true. And, and as a side effect of that, it's meant that I actually don't really care about getting an S rank on every mission. Really, I I think I care about it, but once the mission is done, I don't really care. And so now I'm just playing it, and it's actually more fun for it. Because I'm playing. Oh, obviously, I'm playing without getting the S rank in mind. So I like I like to slowly walk <laughs> pace myself through the through the missions and I have no problem with that but if there are 50 missions I am royally <laughs> royally in trouble royally we should, screwed we should we should totally you should you should sort out your streaming thing and I should watch you play this because you know as I said I just got mine sorted out today yeah um, and and I was playing Metal Gear on Twitch with streaming on Twitch and yeah, you know, our, your friend, our friend Kevin 
Kevin yeah. was watching and critiquing on WhatsApp my my Metal Gear technique. Okay, I think it'd be quite funny to if you do the same. So okay, here's a really interesting story I heard: is people hate watching people play Mario without using the run button. They think it's the most painful thing in the world watching someone play Mario without using the run button. I play Mario without using the run button. What? No one would want to watch me play For real unless it's to get over the you know the gaps where you can run over them. This is this is every time I think I know you, it turns out I don't know you. <laughs> I'm comfortable telling you these stories. I'm glad we had those practice ones. <laughs> wow! Is it, is it every time there's a new revelation? Is it is it going to turn out that you actually play games with your feet? <laughs> I've got, I'm paying some. Oh, can I say this? I can say this. I'm paying some Chinaman to play games on my behalf. Wait. What? <laughs> You know, you can't say this because people have no idea. People have no idea because it's, it's audio only thing. And you sound like actually from your name, they can probably guess. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'm actually not playing my games. I've, I've got people who have checked in to my account. They're playing games on my behalf. And then just telling me what to say back here. <laughs> this, I'm pretty sure this is a lie, but you never know. Yeah. Okay, we started Metal Gear like three weeks ago. So yeah. obviously we sound more pumped for it then. And yeah, your, what mission are you on now? 38. Are you going to finish it? Not sure. It's just too long. It's really long. Well, you know what I find fascinating is loads of people on the internet. Actually, I say loads of people on the internet. So what, at least one of the YouTubers I watch on the internet is complaining about how, what the, what's the deal with chapter two? They cut all this content. This is an outrage. How can people have rated this game so highly when, you know, when it's clearly unfinished? But having said that, it basically took me like 50-ish hours to finish chapter one, which is already 31 episodes, 31 missions. I already felt like I got my money's worth. Well, I didn't buy it either. I'm borrowing someone else's copy. But I, I would have felt I would have felt that I had got my money's worth for $60 after that amount of game. There was a story and there was closure. You know, I fought a Metal Gear and it was awesome. And if the game had just ended there and that had been the end end... I would have been happy with that. The fact that there's this t- chapter two on the end with more story is just, it's just like a bonus for me. It essentially plays a trailer for chapter two. And I just watched that trailer thinking, this looks amazing. But unfortunately, they have cut quite a lot of out of it. And I, it's almost as if, would it have been better if they hadn't had chapter two and they just ended it after chapter one? And it would have been, yeah, we'll give you chapter two as an expansion pack or as DLC. I mean, usually I hate DLC, but I probably would have been okay with it in this case because it was that much fun. Or even it had been, yeah, we got chapter one done. We couldn't do chapter two because Konami are psychotic. Um, and you said when you watch a trailer for chapter two, you were sad that they cut a lot of it out. What do you mean they cut a lot of it out? I obviously haven't finished chapter two. So maybe this, all the things I saw in the trailer are going to happen. Oh. But I got the impression that there was supposed to be... There is supposed to be a lot more story. I mean, there's, I can't actually remember what chapter one is even called. Um, can you remember? No. No. Chapter two, I think it's called Race. And then chapter, th- there was supposed to be a chapter three called Peace. But they think that they actually just, they just moved a lot of the chapter three stuff into chapter two. Okay. Where, when it may, where it makes little sense. Like a lot of the missions in chapter two apparently are on the theme of peace rather than of race. And there is, I mean, I'm not going to go too much detail with the plot. Also because the plot is crazy. Um, the other thing is because I haven't played all the other Metal Gear games... 
I might feel this way because for me it's just a fun a fun action stealth crazy game where you can yeah. do weird sandbox things and emergent behavior but maybe if you're a massive metal gear fan maybe the story is very unsatisfying yes and i'm not picking up on that because as i said i've only really played half of metal gear solid one for whatever reason yeah i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot and i felt that there was sufficient closure i the thing is i saw on the collector's edition disc um they actually have a cinematic for episode 51 which is like a completely different ending to the game yeah and that suggests it's really unfinished and that's where everyone's getting this idea that's really unfinished from yeah. and, it, and it probably is true and it, it makes you think as good as it is now what would it have been if they'd had as much time literally as much time as they wanted to work on it i mean they had a lot of time to work on it but what if they had twice as much time but it, it's already a very very good game what do you make of the, all the mother base building mechanics? Mm, I guess I don't know what what's there to say. That it's part of a, an action. I guess it's if you if either of us have played Assassin's Creed. I guess Assassin's Creed has already done this, where you can develop a town as well as play an action adventure game. You've also got some sort of. I I, just, I think the base building mechanics are quite thin, though. There's not much to them. It's just like building another platform. I mean, there's not much decision. No, there is no there. decision. It's not much of a game, I would say. I, to me, that's not... It's not... You know, it's quite nice. It gives you a feel of progress. You go back to Mother Base in between missions. Um, recently as well in Chapter 2, pretty much every time I go back to Mother Base, I seem to get another crazy cutscene um, with more stuff happening. So that's why I think actually maybe all, all the stuff I saw in the Chapter 2 trailer Ooh. is going to happen at some point. Um, but... Uh, as the, as the base is, I mean, it's very big and spread out. It's not actually that much fun to run around. I mean, it's fun for a few minutes the first time when all the people are saluting you and then you like, punch them in the face and knock them out and they get up and go, thank you, boss. You know, and it's like, yes. really? Okay, I can do it again. <laughs> um, but it's not, yeah, I don't think there's much game to building the base. I think it's the sense of progression because GTA doesn't, somehow doesn't do it. I feel... With Metal Gear, you have your, you know, you have your missions, you're completing them, but there's no persistent reward you're getting. So you don't have a new inventory or armory. You're not building something that's persistent. And I don't know if it's re really persistent, because I guess it's in concept, you have all this shit developed and you have all these people, but you don't really see them all. Well, you, you do see them on the base. I don't think you, I don't know if they actually populate every single person in your, in your PF yeah. in the base. Uh, but there will be people running around the base, and if you scan them, you can see they're from your you know, private force. Um, one thing I do wonder is how it's going to compare to, say, Fallout 4, because Fallout 4 this time is supposed to have a base-building, town-building mechanic, isn't it? And that's one of their headline features. But that's in Skyrim, right? No, not in, it's not in Skyrim. But when Actually, in Skyrim, in one of the expansions, I think, there's, in one of the expansions, it's kind of... Well, Skyrim, Skyrim is kind of like... Well, actually, I don't... Eat, Actually, I know I do have the expansion. I've never played it. It's on my Steam backlog. The it has a kind of base building, but it's kind of like the Baldur's Gate 2 like stronghold building thing as well. You don't really have much. There's not much building. You just make some decisions, which I guess is kind of like the Mother Base one. Whereas the Fallout 4 one looks like you actually build the town. Like you actually choose where the buildings go and you choose where to put defenses and stuff. Oh, so it's the actual town. Yeah. Yeah, that's different. 
I suppose actually there is I think in the FOB there's a bit more of this because I think in the FOB you can choose where your soldiers are stationed you can choose where to put defense turrets and stuff but I haven't actually done much with the FOB I haven't really I haven't invaded any other people and I haven't been invaded myself you have no intention of exploring that part I'm quite tempted to but I think it's like a Pandora's box it's like once I open it up once I invade someone else's base then you're kind of just inviting invasion upon yourself and I'm just not sure I want to start but then some people do have so many tasty s rank soldiers that I do feel like maybe I should go in and try and kidnap some. And then have you heard about the FOB insurance you can buy? Oh, I heard something about it. I didn't read, read that much in detail. So if you buy FOB insurance with real money, they'll insure you for anything that's stolen by an invasion, by invaders. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not a huge fan of DLC. And I think microtransactions are of the devil. You know, like, I just... I'm, we're both from an era of gaming. We both grew up in an era of gaming where you bought the game and that was the game. Yeah. You know, and then then later on you you got the game if you had it on PC and maybe there'd be a patch, but this is like pre-internet, I think, to begin with. So yes, you didn't need the patch. You didn't need almost. the patch. The game had to be functional when it came out. Yes. You know, which is not the case now. And then expansion packs... An expansion pack was like quite a big chunky thing. Yep, they had to justify it almost. Yeah, and then, then the birth of the DLC area with horse armor. You know, what is this shit? And and then now, now we feel. I feel like we've entered a new thing again with 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 Destiny, with Destiny, where I've sunk hundreds of hours. And what was it all for? What was it all for, man? I mean. We neither of us have bought the Taken King. No. Although it sounds like Destiny is actually a good game now, rather than being like some punishing Stockholm syndrome where we feel like we have to keep playing. Potentially no new story content without that's free, because they're gonna use microtransactions to fund it, but cosmetic ones. Uh, you know what? I mean, in a way though, that would be fine with me because as long as a bunch of jerks buy that stuff and they and they keep funding new stuff. I, I don't understand. You can't call them a bunch I know, of I'm only kidding. I'm only <laughs> kidding. I'm being, I'm being hyperbolic for the sake of for the sake of inviting people to abuse me online. Let's do yeah. it. Um, yeah, I I don't get this. Maybe this is just me being old and not secretly not a millennial. No, I am a millennial, apparently, but I don't understand cosmetic stuff. Like League of Legends. You want to be an individual, surely, Michael. <laughs> So it's, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to pay $50 for a skin, you know, you know, I, I can, I can be individual for myself. I don't, I don't need to pay money to show people how individual I am. Oh, you're going to have developers and publishers hating us though. Cause... <laughs> Only if people actually listen to what we say. So they're probably safe. True, true. Yeah. I, I personally don't get it, but I know a lot of people find that it is very very important but as I said I personally don't get it so long as it's cosmetic I don't think it's too big a I don't deal. think it's damaging yes. no I don't think it's damaging to the game and fair play to the people who do buy the stuff because they're funding it thank you yeah because you know it, it is a good compromise if there are people who want to pay for cosmetic items and that's something that they can that they can sell without unbalancing the core game and without making it pay to win so I totally think it is a good compromise. I personally don't get it. But maybe it's one of those things where once you've done it once, 
then it's no longer weird. Like maybe if I did spend loads of money on cosmetic items in the game, then suddenly I'd feel like, oh yeah, now I get why this is fun. But I've never done it before because it just seems really dumb. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I just personally don't get it. I think at some point when you've sunk so many hours into a game, you'll think, I see no, don't see it as a bad thing to... Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's the thing. I, I haven't... What games have I played, have I really played that much of? I think, because if you look at my Steam games list... The, the longest single game on there is Skyrim, which is, what, 69, 79 hours, I think? Yeah, which is yes. not that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, I have played a lot of other games that aren't on Steam. Like, I've played a lot of Minecraft. No idea how much Minecraft is because nothing's keeping track of it. But I've, I've played a lot of Minecraft, uh, like modded Minecraft, different mod packs, all sorts of weird, and, and vanilla Minecraft. Would you pay, you would pay for cosmetic items in, in minecraft. minecraft no i wouldn't i just mod it and put them in myself you know my minecraft is not that kind of game and i'm you're not playing on like you're just playing with your friends it's just yeah so so that, that's a different thing i've also played a lot of world of warcraft um i don't play it anymore but i i certainly played hundreds of hours of world of warcraft and and of destiny so i guess those are the other two games recently that i've played a lot of actually world of warcraft's not recently it's been years but both of them have DLC anyway. The, well, the World, World of Warcraft is expansions, not DLC, really. It okay. is expansions. And they come out every couple of years and they add a lot of content. And I think that's what's leaving a bad taste in my mouth with the Destiny DLC because it was out for, what, all of three or four months before they gave the first DLC pack, which added F all, quite frankly. Yes. And then, and then the next DLC pack, which again added, quite frankly, not very much. Um... And a World of Warcraft expansion pack costs maybe the size of, you know, maybe the cost of those two DLC packs together, but it adds a heck of a lot more. Then again, I guess they're, they know that when they sell an expansion pack, people are going to continue to pay the monthly fee, and that's really where the money's coming from. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I do understand that it's not the same thing, but it still feels like the content on Destiny was very thin on the ground. And yet we kept playing it. We kept playing it right yeah, up until did. the end. Yes. Up until the Taken King. And then it was like, what am I doing with my life? Actually, no. Then it was like, Metal Gear Solid. Let's play that instead. Yes. We can move on from Metal Gear. Yeah. What else have you been playing? I randomly ended up playing five hours of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. And the, the weirdest thing was, I wasn't even really playing it. Uh, my friend bought the game and was trying to disarm this bomb over a Skype call while I had an HTML instruction manual and he told me what he was seeing, and I was telling him, you know, he was saying, okay, there's What's six the- wires. <laughs> okay, maybe I have to take a step back and explain what this thing is. What stops him from just opening the manual himself? Uh, integrity. No, the, <laughs> the, the, I think the game was originally an Oculus kind of concept game. So Makes sense. So the idea was someone is wearing the Oculus and thus has no peripheral vision. All they can see is the game, and in the game is like a suitcase with a bomb in it. And... It's made up of lots of different modules and there's stuff written on, on the back side of the case and on the sides of the case and stuff. So they they can see this thing and they're looking around it and manipulating it and they can see switches and wires to cut and stuff. And sitting next to them in the same room or in my case on a Skype call uh, is the expert who has the manual of how to defuse this bomb. Um, but they can't see the bomb and the person doing the defusal can't see the manual. Um, in the original concept because they're wearing an Oculus and now just because, you know, it's more fun that way. 
but it did mean that I was playing this game for five hours without ever seeing the actual game. All I was hearing was this description over Skype. In increasingly panicked times, like, we've got 30 seconds left, we've got 30 seconds left, and there's a button, it's a red button, it says detonate, what do I do? And it's like, um, 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 page three, page three, um, no, page five, oh shit, uh, just push the button and see what happens. It's like, yes, it's, it's done, we're fine, fine. Or, or another time where it was like, okay, there's six wires, three yellow, two red, one blue. It's like, okay, um, was this, otherwise, okay, cut the fourth wire. Boom! You know, it was, it was hilarious how long is each mission or level long? not long not long I, the timer is generally like um five minutes but sometimes it was as short as one and a half minutes wait wait if you're playing five hours of this game there's a lot of we've played a lot of this a lot game. of bombs you've diffused we, we diffused we diffused a lot of bombs uh, we, we got pretty good at it and as i said to try and do it faster towards the end i started writing excel macros to solve the puzzle so he would be reading stuff out for me and i was typing into this excel macro to to, to, to give me the solution we didn't finish it though we we got uh, i think there's like seven sets of or we could see seven sets of missions and we finished uh we finished all of the first five and we were in the middle of doing the sixth okay. set but we we hit upon one that was just too hard like we just couldn't do it we tried a few times and by some point it was quite late uh we we're quite tired so have you learnt the manual uh yeah there, i mean it did get to the point where we could just remember something he was like okay there's a there's a wire with you know there's a white wire no, just cut the wire you know like <laughs> there were ones where i could just remember okay or there were ones where i thought i could remember and it turned out <laughs> it was wrong like oh yeah just cut the fourth wire <laughs> okay. yeah so you're saying you don't need you've you both bought a copy we both bought a copy but i've never launched my copy because it turns out that only one person is supposed to be used manipulating the thing and the instruction manual like the diffusal manual is just online you can just oh, okay you can just look at it online and i think there are probably different versions of the manual because you have to type in a verification code when you start to check that you're looking at the right manual that's quite fun for that version of the game everything's slightly different i hope yeah i think so i think i mean this is i think it just came out of early access uh so it's on steam now what's it called again um keep talking and nobody explodes it was fun it was fun and it was weird and you were saying you wanted to play more of these indie stuff well this is the sort of stuff i used to play this is the sort of stuff i used to play like weird experimental things the indie indie games have become really popular i mean i think we had like a golden age or a renaissance of indie games and now we're almost coming full circle where indie games are becoming really derivative it's like Indie games, oh yeah, they've got pixel graphics. Oh yeah, they're like really retro. It's like, it's not necessarily what they're they're about. Yeah. Indie games, what I used to, what I liked about indie games when, you know, when things really started picking up again, well, for me, it's when like the time of like, say, Braid, that kind of era of games, they were trying lots of new and experimental stuff. Well, some of it was throwbacks to old stuff we hadn't seen in a long time, in a long time. Other stuff was just, was just really new and different ideas, some of which work, some of which really don't work. But but it was different. Whereas you know, AAA games as they get more and more expensive with each console generation, people are, will generally take fewer and fewer risks. Of course, yeah. So yeah, that's where I guess I was coming from with those. But I haven't. Yeah, like I said, I, I've just been so busy. I haven't really been playing anything new for a while, and it's. It's actually quite fun to play new stuff again and yeah. get excited about it. Was there something else? I remember you... Oh, Imperial. Oh, Imperian Galactic Survival? Yes. Uh, I mean, I didn't... Again, I didn't pick this one. I mean, this is my other... This is the friend I was playing Keep Talking You'll Be Exposed with. Strangely, he's just started playing loads of indie games. And it's really strange because it used to be me the one suggesting all these indie yeah. games. Like, oh, let's play this. And he's like, oh, that looks rubbish. I'm not going to play this. And now he's suggesting playing these games with 
shockingly awful graphics that are in oh we're in early access it's like wow your game barely functions he's the one suggesting all these games so Empyrean Galactic Survival it's kind of like Minecraft or Spaceships but it's not it's kind of like Space Engineers but on planets rather than being in space I don't know how to describe it so what are you building? Um, you are building you are just trying to survive on a planet and the planet may not have oxygen so you and some friends, if you want friends, because there's multiplayer, uh, you land on a planet, you have to, you know, if it's a habitable planet, then happy days. If it's not, then you need to get oxygen and water from somewhere. Maybe you've landed on a habitable planet and you've got an oxygen generator and a water reclaimer, and then you can ship bottles of oxygen and water. You can put them in your spaceship and then use them to land on some inhospitable planet that's got minerals you need of a different type to craft new things i don't know you can you can build a base you can build spaceships and as is popular these days it's not just like oh thunk down a base it's like you get different blocks you can combine them um it's not quite as freeform as minecraft but then again there's vehicles and the vehicles work much that i mean there aren't big vehicles in minecraft so actually i mean i'm thinking of modded minecraft as well obviously vanilla minecraft there's none of this stuff so it was kind of fun, but it's very unpolished and it, it just doesn't feel, it feels very incoherent to me. It's really weird. Like the enemies are some sort of like plant monsters, the kind of drones. There's like triceratops for some reason. Like it's just really, really bizarre and like not very polished, not very coherent. It, it was a bit of fun. It was a bit of a laugh for a few hours, but it, it, I don't know. It, there's so many of these, there are so many of these kind of survival games coming out. I haven't actually really played that many of them. I, like I said, my problem has been that I've just been playing like the cathartic game that I know, like Minecraft in this case. Yeah. And I haven't been playing like Ark Survival or Space Engineers or... Um, I mean, there's so many. I, I, I saw another one, like Blockland or something today. I just saw it popped up on Steam and I was looking at it and thinking, oh, this looks quite good. I don't know, but I, I've... It's hard to start. So how do you start off in this? You... Uh, in in Galactic Survival, yeah. Imperial Galactic Survival, I have no idea because I just joined them after they'd been playing for a few hours. Okay. Yeah, they they told me I I I logged into the game and they told me excitedly that they that they spent hours sorting out the water reclaimer and the oxygen system and then realised that the planet had a breathable atmosphere. <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, we just managed to get self sufficient oxygen and then we realised that our helmets had been open the whole time and there was a breathable atmosphere." <laughs> and but. But I guess that's that's actually quite fun. I mean, yeah. but, you know, there's 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 no instructions, or there's pretty poor instructions. I think it is quite fun, but it's just really janky. We tried <laughs> to build we tried to build a spaceship and like make it. Um, we had a hover ship. We had a hover ship, and it wasn't hovering as high off the ground as we wanted. So we tried putting a booster yeah. underneath the hover ship as well, and it didn't hover any higher. And then it. And it was quite slow going forwards. We tried going backwards and suddenly we just shot like <laughs> 600 feet in the air really quickly. We're like, oh, this works really well. And then we stopped boosting backwards and just went into free fall from like orbit. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, uh, the ship blew up and it killed all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we didn't try that again. Yeah, so... That does sound like fun. It is. It, it was fun. It was fun, but it's just... It's it's a strange and unpolished game, and I don't know if it's gonna. There are so many of these games coming out. You know, there are so many of these kind of indie survival yeah. games coming out, and 
are any of them actually going to be finished? Are any of them going to be... I've, I've backed all this nonsense on Kickstarter. Well. I remember I backed a game called Tug on Kickstarter. I don't think that's going anywhere. Okay. You know, uh, maybe I'm judging them too harshly. I don't know, but... Poor Tug. Uh, yeah, I've backed so many games on Kickstarter. But you've, some have delivered. They have delivered, but I'm not sure they're any fun. I'm trying to think of one a game... Yeah, like, games that I backed on Kickstarter that were actually fun. Um, well, actually, I didn't back Divinity Original Sin on Kickstarter, but that is fun. Pillars? Pillars of Eternity. I di- again, I didn't back it on Kickstarter. Okay. I-, I missed all of these somehow. I did back um, Tides of Numenara, or Pain of Numenara, like the, the Pelinscape Torment oh. uh, spiritual successor. That's not ready yet. But it's not ready yet, yeah. exactly. Um, I backed, what, Broken Age? Yes. Which is, I'm not sure, I, it's finished, I'm not sure it's any fun. It's good. Is it good? It's good, but I don't know if it's great, but it's good. It's on PSN Plus. Oh, really? UK this month. Oh, okay, it's not on Hong Kong. Okay. It's not on Hong Kong. Rocket League's on Hong Kong. That made me, that made me laugh, and I was secretly quite annoyed, because I had to, because it wasn't on Hong Kong when everyone else was playing it. I know, I know. And then I had to buy it on my UK account. Which doesn't have PSN Plus, and now it's in Hong Kong. So I just claimed it on the Hong Kong account, at least. Okay, fine. Yeah, we're in Hong Kong. There you go. And that, that's Sliff as well. Yeah. Meh. I can just say I'm playing Baldur's Gate 2 and FIFA 16. But they're not as interesting, so we don't need to talk about them in detail. Baldur's Gate 2, I think, might be interesting. Might be not. What can I say? You're enjoying it? Surprisingly so. I thought it would be a lot of learning. Is it second edition D&D rules? Yeah. And I thought it'd be arduous and painful. And I was reading a lot about it before I started the game. It sounded really painful. It made me overthink. To be fair, it just made me overthink everything. I think you did. Now it's quite... Now I'm making good progress. I understand mechanics. There are tons of spells in there. There are tons of spells. You almost spoil for choice. And you have all these... I don't come from any sort of role-playing RPG background. So I don't know what a lot of the yeah, this is like a fascinating thing. Like we should we should talk about this more another time, like the backgrounds and the not just the games we're playing now, but the games we used to play. But yes. you previously had never played an RPG, is that right? Unless you count Zelda as an RPG. Yeah, <laughs> no, sort of. Yeah, I played action RPGs, but no, what do you call them? What do you call them? Traditional RPGs? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, whether it be Western or Japanese. Yeah, I've not played them. Yeah, so that's why this is actually this is quite this is quite a big step. Yeah, so there was all sort of in my mind there was a had this internal dialogue with myself whether I should play it on easy or make it slightly easier for me. And you're saying I don't read fiction, therefore why am I playing this <laughs> yeah, that's, seriously that's, that's narrative story? Wow, we're, giving, we're giving away far too much here, but you don't read fiction. You don't read fiction. Yeah, I don't see how that's a problem <laughs> because. Because the sto- because for for me like the story of Baldur's the story in Baldur's Gate two or the Baldur's Gate series the story was a really major component and it's essentially like reading a fantasy novel. But you wouldn't say the same thing for its gameplay. I mean, the gameplay is fun, but if you know you could produce a novelization of Baldur's Gate, the you know the, the Baldur's Gate series, and it would be a decent fantasy book. Okay, I can tell you now that the, the gameplay stands up. 
now. I feel right now I am enjoying the gameplay because for me, story isn't that. Mm, I'm following the story, but I'm. It's not the most important thing to me in Baldur's Gate Two. Hmm. I think that may change over time. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where you become more invested in the character or characters and the and the backstory. Because you didn't play Baldur's Gate 1 either. You just jumped straight into this one. As an aside, I feel this is also the reason why I don't. I didn't pick up Witcher 3. When I learned it didn't have NPCs that travelled with you in a party, it didn't seem as fun. I really liked the idea of having five buddies with me. Granted, I controlled them all. Yeah. But this is, this is interesting because this is such a different take from me. Because for me... I generally prefer, I like, you know, NPC control buddies are generally a liability. I much prefer to play on my own normally. But you are in control of these. But but in Baldur's Gate 2, yeah, you do have control of your whole party. I don't know. I, it, uh, like Ultima 7 and Ultima 8, like going to old games, for example. Ultima 8 is generally considered one of the weaker ones in the series. But I really enjoyed Ultima 8. <laughs> I but really enjoyed it. Why? Where it, and... I, but I just played it like an action RPG. I played it like an isometric Zelda. Okay. And I found it really, really fun. Whereas Ultima 7, the story in Ultima 7 is much better than Ultima 8. And the the world is, is also very, you know, well fleshed out and it has lots of mechanics. And also for the time it was released, it was way ahead of its time. I mean, it had like day-night cycles and NPC kind of like action scripts, you know, like the baker would go and bake bread and you could bake bread. You can go and get flour and water and, you know... Um, so it was way ahead of its time, but the combat was really annoying because you're only controlling your main character and your party's a bunch of morons, you know, like just go and run into spike traps and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, don't, don't run over there. You know, I, I so Baldur's Gate 2, because you can control the whole thing. Yeah, actually, that wasn't annoying. And to touch on Metal Gear Solid 5 again, you have buddies in Metal Gear Solid 5. They actually work out really well as well. They're not annoying. They genuinely feel like they're really useful and fun. So it can be done well, but sometimes it can just also be really frustrating. I don't know how many hours I've put into Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, because you're not playing Enhanced Edition, you're playing the original. Yeah, which is a good thing, actually. I'm just playing through it, and I'm not worrying about stats. The beauty of old games, there are no stats. I like to do weird things, like I like to rest a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm resting in dungeons and I'll get woken up. I like to have spells. You know what? I probably did do this as well. I've just forgotten. I think I probably did do that sort of thing too, despite me mocking you for it now. But I feel that's how you're meant to play these old games. You're meant to... There's an element of gaming it. Because I've... Through my research, I've read there are items which are OP and you shouldn't use them really because they're too OP for the game and you're cheesing it if you're using them. I think that's a weird... Yeah, because back in the day, like Baldur's Gate, well, actually Baldur's Gate 2, the internet was well and truly in full swing, I guess, at the time yeah. it came out. But it it wasn't quite the same thing of like guides on the internet and like Let's Plays and whatever. Uh, you know, or I, I certainly didn't think that way when I played it, when I first played it. So yeah, there are definitely some totally OP stuff in there, but I think I probably just used all of it with with no regrets. Yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm I like to think I'll finish it, even if it's slowly. I really enjoy it. I'm it's really a liking long game though. 
Where are you? Where are you up to? Really early on. I've only just done the the sewers. Okay. But I finished that bit now. The cool. good thing about Baldur's Gate, you can play in really small chunks as well. Really? I really like that. Which is a weird way to play games. I know. You'll say I should play it in what chunks of an hour minimum. I I had yeah my my experience with Baldur's Gate two. I bought it and then hadn't finished it. And decided, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna start again. It's kind of like the, the problem I had with Earthbound, where I kept starting and stopping it a couple of times, and then you forget where you got up to. So I just had some free time, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just start it fresh again. And I imported my character in Baldur's Gate One, and I just went with it. And it was during a university holiday when I was supposed to be revising for my finals, and I just played it every day of that holiday. I woke up, I started playing it. And it got late at night, and I went to sleep, and I didn't do any revision for my finals. All I did was play Baldur's Gate 2. Really? Yeah. So I played through the entirety of Baldur's Gate 2 and the expansion pack in like this marathon day and night, you know, playing for, playing, waking up and playing it and going, you know, and then it being like 3 a.m. and going to sleep during these weeks when I, I was actually still in university. I was staying in university over the holidays, allegedly to revise, and I just didn't do any revision. First year, second year, third year? Um, third year. Oh my God. That's yeah, it was important. Time. I know. I did find in my. I did actually do find in my finals. Uh, but I had, I had to do a lot of revision. <laughs> I did a lot of revision in not very much time because I spent several weeks playing obsessively playing Baldur's Gate two and the expansion. So uh, I think I did the exact opposite. I just played it in marathon sessions. A discussion for another time is how we do gaming. For instance, I, I think I game in much shorter sessions than is helpful. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we we massive tangents. Massive tangents again. Anyway. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We've we've gone. We're we've probably gone on too long. 